I think it's time to start. Uh, welcome to the one o'clock marathon meeting. My name is Mary. I'm a compulsive overeater and your speaker for this meeting. Please, hello. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Uh, even if you think it's off, please make sure. There we go. This session is being recorded. All participants are required to sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. Uh, the opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are requested to speak on their recovery in the OA program only. An Ask It basket will be circulated for the question and answer portion of the session. If there is any press in the room, please respect our anonymity by not taking any pictures, using a video camera, or using our full names. The format for this session is as follows. I will share for 25 minutes, followed by questions and answers for five minutes, followed by open sharing. An Ask It basket will be passed around. Please place your questions in the basket for our speaker. Do we pass that around right now, starting? Might as well. The topic for this session is surrender slash acceptance. And the speaker for this session is Mary, Mary M. And I guess... I think I speak now, it looks like. Okay. <laughs> My name's Mary. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Mary. Nice to see you all here. Um, one of my favorite program sayings is, we're all here because we're not all there. And um, that's true. That's true of me. So anything that I say that's kind of crazy, you know, just uh, take it with a grain of salt. And um, the other thing I like to think about as far as why we're all here is that... Um, we're also not here because we love to go to meetings or, you know, we just love to talk about recovery. We're here, we may now, but we're just here because we uh, have pain. You know, we're here because we share a disease, and that's what brings us together. Um, and I have to remember that, too, especially as, as we get further on in our recovery, that really the bottom line is the pain and that we're fellow sufferers together in something and that we're here to help each other because we're all, we're all suffering from the same thing. And what a blessing that is, that we have each other. Um, what a blessing to be here. I came to this convention with two very good friends. I drove up from Los Angeles, and I feel very blessed to be here. And there are many people in my inner group uh, who are not here and are not getting this experience. And I, I feel like, how did I get so lucky that I can be here doing something like this in a beautiful hotel. And um, yesterday we walked around Chinatown, and what a great thing that was. And, and I have learned after a number of conventions to come early and enjoy the place. And I never used to do that. I used to like go, and I was just there for the convention, and I, I didn't even see the town. I didn't even see outside of the hotel sometimes. And um, now, over time, I've learned to go and, and enjoy it and to really be grateful for the experience. And because I have seen a lot of people who don't ever get to do something like this, a lot of people who may do one convention and never, never do another, and I know some of you have done a number of conventions, you know, we're, we're just very, we're very lucky to be here. Um, last year... I was the vice chair of the convention in Palm Springs, and that was a very exciting thing for me to do, and a very um, a lesson in acceptance. There's no there's no lesson in acceptance like service, and a convention is probably one of the biggest things, because um, nothing goes the way you think it's going to go. <laughs> you see your own character defects like crazy. I mean, and. Until I came to program, I didn't know that 
I could not ever accept making a mistake. Like I, I just thought I couldn't handle it. So I, because I couldn't make a mistake, I couldn't, um, I couldn't do a lot of stuff because I couldn't, I couldn't take the chance of trying it and not doing it right. Uh, my father's a rageaholic. I thought if I try something, someone's going to get really mad at me. I'm going to do it the wrong way. Um, someone's not going to understand. I'm going to hurt someone's feelings. Someone's going to expect too much of me. Then I'm going to disappoint them. So I had all these, uh, all these reasons why I couldn't, um, I couldn't go out and do anything. Before I came to program, I was not doing very much. I did my work, and that's it. I didn't really do much with friends. I did very little activity. I, uh, I just did the basics of my work, and that was it. Because, and because I thought if I deal with people, I'm going to get into some kind of trouble. I, they're going to expect they're all these things. So when I came to program, I learned to accept that it's okay to make mistakes, and it's okay for things to not go perfectly. And whatever happens, happens. And I always think of the song, K Sera Sera. That, to me, is like my little acceptance song. You know, whatever happens, happens, and it'll be okay. And I have made so many mistakes in uh, service. I once uh, lost a bunch of our fundraising items. I don't know what happened to them. Um, I sent out, I did a big, big mailing for the region, and I forgot to put stamps on the envelopes, <laughs> and I didn't realize it. It was a very important mailing for the assembly. Somehow, the letters got where they were supposed to go. I don't know how. But, um, and I only realized later that I, put, I sent those out, put them in the mailbox without stamps. So anyway, making mistakes is one of the biggest things that I have had to accept, and service has been one of the best tools for that. Uh, last year, because I was very involved in the convention, doing this big job that I learned a lot from, but that was very challenging. I, um, I was completely caught up in the convention. This year, I do not have, I'm not working on the committee, so I was able to go walk this morning along, actually jog along the, the bay, and I was able to do Tai Chi outside, have this beautiful morning, and it was like a dream. And to me, that's, that's another one of these miracles that I am so grateful for, that I could do something like that. And I can relax, and I can see both sides of the convention. I can do a lot of service and be in that, and I, I can also do the side where I'm just enjoying it, taking care of myself. Uh, so I am very blessed. I feel like my, my higher power, the universe, is giving me an opportunity to see both sides. And I have to accept both sides. When I'm doing all the service, I have to accept it's kind of crazy. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. It's going to be hectic. And um, that's okay. That's the way it is. And when I'm able to go out and enjoy, I can accept that I don't have to worry about anything. That, and that's a, whole different, that's a whole different thing. But anyway, I feel very grateful. One thing I noticed while I was running today is that when I went one way, I was watching the water. And it was really beautiful, and the planes are coming off. And so I was totally watching the water. When I came back, I didn't know if I was on the right path because I didn't recognize what I was coming across, like the uh, hotels and things. And I realized it was because I was so focused on that one side because it was so beautiful. Like I was just running and watching that one side. And I never looked to see what was on the other side. And, you know, it reminded me of acceptance, that in my disease and in my eating, I see one thing, and I'm compelled, and I eat one way, and I think one way, and I'm just seeing that side. But with recovery, I get to look over there and go, wow, it's like a whole, it's a whole different world. I'm seeing things totally differently. It was there all the time, but in, when I'm in the disease, I couldn't see it. When I'm in recovery, I get to see, oh, Wow. This is completely different. And the uh, step three talks about that. I just wanted to read what it says right at the beginning of step three, which is the surrender step. Practicing step three is like the opening of a door which to all appearances is still closed and locked. All you need is a key and the decision to swing the door open. It goes on to talk about how the key is willingness. I think that was a theme one year. But that's what it's like. It's like... Wow, you just all you have to do is open the door and all it takes is surrender and you you see this whole new world, a whole new way of living. And it's it's pretty exciting. For me it's been pretty 
an amazing thing, and I will get to that. First, I will give you uh, my story a little bit. I have 12 years of abstinence and 75-pound weight loss so far. And I um, come from a farm in Minnesota. I'm the oldest of eight kids. And my father was a, a rager. My mother was um, someone who denied what was happening. And my role was to take care of everybody and to protect everybody and make sure no one got hurt and um, be the responsible one and be the hero and all the things that the adult oldest child uh, does. And while all this craziness was going on and my father is yelling and screaming and my mother is saying, there's nothing going on here. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You know, I'm eating away. And not just me, all of us were eating. Some of us went on to drink, went on to gamble. I mean, we all picked our addictions, but um, went on to, you know, have the other side, the anorexia, bulimia side, whatever. We all went on to our ways of dealing with life around us. So that was, that was kind of how things started. I was a really good student, and um, I wanted to be a writer, and so I focused on my studies but I didn't know how to handle any feelings at all, and I didn't uh, know myself at all. I, I really didn't know anything except to keep the world away because it looked very scary to me. So that was I, I did my job, but I didn't want to get too involved with anything. I went on to uh, marry a cocaine addict, and um, that was very familiar to me. I didn't know he was a cocaine addict when I married him, but the chaos and the craziness... And the fact that he really wasn't able to focus on me because he was an addict was very familiar to me because my parents did not focus much on us either because they were caught up in the disease. So to me, uh, this, was, this was kind of normal. I spent a lot of time in that marriage trying to fix his problems and uh, no idea that I was an addict, none. And uh, that's been part of... Um, Part of my journey, too, is that as someone who's the one who's the responsible one and who's going to help everyone and protect everyone, that doesn't let me see that I have a problem. So now, finally, and later in my 30s, I got to join OA. And Al-Anon was my first program. But I got to see that I'm an addict, you know, and I'm a total addict. First, I thought I just had a weight problem. And for years, I thought I just had a weight problem. It took me a long time in program to see, no, I'm an addict. I think like an addict. I react to life like an addict. And that's, uh, that's also acceptance. Um, with my husband, we went bankrupt. Uh, he eventually disappeared. And I went on to, into some more kind of crazy stuff, eating more and more and losing weight and gaining weight and losing weight and gaining weight. And I was someone who uh, ate all the time, ate uh, quantities, and didn't really know what I was doing. I, didn't, I couldn't tell you what I ate. I, f- I sometimes focused on health. I focused on nutrition. I would focus on fitness, but all the time eating massive quantities to help keep life away, to help uh, stay in my own bubble and to escape from anything that might cause me trouble. Um, anyway, that, is, uh, that brings me to recovery and what I have found here in program and to the idea of acceptance. Uh, When we came to our hotel on Thursday, uh, they put uh, us in a room that none of us really liked. And this is an acceptance question because I had to ask my higher power, ask the universe, "Is is this the room? Or is there, you know, should I try to make a change. In the past, I would not have done anything about this room. Um, But I did go and ask. And it was a process. And someone happened to leave the front desk and someone else stepped in. And he happened to be someone who was interested in helping me with the room. And it was a process, but we we got a really nice room. But it was just more room. So it wasn't a suite or anything, but it was just it was a better room. And it was a it was an example to me of how acceptance is the beginning. Like I once we accept this is a situation we've got and we could have lived in that room, that would have been fine. But once you make the acceptance, you can then take action and try to change it. 
And I, I didn't really expect that we would get a different room because I had tried a couple times and I had called earlier, uh, but we did. So, and, and just because we took action. So I, I do think that acceptance doesn't mean we don't take action. Acceptance is, mean, is where we start. We, and for me, what I have uh, seen with acceptance is that in order to accept, I can't deny what's happening. Like, I can't deny that my parents have problems. And I, there are people, you know, I do know family members who, you know, it's like, well, they're fine. But if I, den- if I deny what's happening, I can't move on. So I can't deny it. I can't judge it. I can't, uh, my, my, hus- my ex-husband as a coke addict, I can't really judge I don't, and say that's a terrible thing and he's a terrible person. But I can accept that that's the reality. That's the case. And also accept that, okay, I can't change that. But maybe I can take, maybe I can take an action. And uh, that's been the way it has been with my food, too. And with my weight, I can accept that this is where I am now. I, to accept, I need to not deny it. I have to say, this is, this is what it is. I'm eating this food that I would rather not eat. I'm at this weight. I want to be at some other weight. I can accept it as long as I don't judge it and say that it is what it is, not I'm a bad person. If I say that, I get into a lot of shame, I'm, there's something wrong with me, and that takes me back to where I've been my whole life with this disease, is that there's something deeply, deeply wrong with me, and my head can go there, but that is not acceptance to me. That's judging, that, that's something else. So if I don't deny it, I don't judge it, and I don't try to fight it, I just look for what the action is. And the action for me is, um, is usually going to be put in front of me. So I heard someone refer to it as assignments. So if I just sit in my life and watch what's coming and what's happening around me, I think the universe will give me, like, an assignment. For example, when my friend said, let's go to San Francisco to the convention, and my own self-will can say, that's expensive, I'm not really doing anything, right? I don't need to be there, nobody needs me to be there. Um, It's kind of a hassle, I'm going to have to pack and... But if I realize that I think this is an assignment, thank you, that puts it in a different light. And most program requests, to me, I look at as spiritual assignments. Not all of them, because I've learned you have to say no, and I have said no. There have been times people ask me to do service, and I know it's not that I've got something else going on. But for the most part, if a program person asks me something, or if there's an opportunity for service that's reasonable, my higher power is putting something there in my life to take me to where I'm supposed to be. And it happens in big ways. It happens in small ways. It, with the room, it happened just to show that it's good for me to ask. But it, it'll happen in a million ways. So I, um, I talked to sponsees and my sponsor about looking to see you know, what the assignments the universe is giving me. And it can be an assignment about food. I may be getting a feeling that there's some food I'm not supposed to... Uh, do anymore. It may be about um, something spiritual I'm supposed to do. Could be an emotion I'm not supposed to deal with. So whatever. Um, Things I've had to let go of. I think the biggest one is, you know, who I am and being a compulsive eater, having to surrender and accept that. I used to be really angry about it. Uh, I used to be angry not just about being a compulsive overeater, but but about size in general. And I had a sponsor who uh, helped me work on that. That my my after weight will be the same as a lot of people's before weights. You know, as a as a bigger person, or what I think of as bigger than maybe I, you know, my ideal when I grew up. Accepting just your frame, accepting um, a lot of things about our bodies that aren't related to weight is also. Part of that whole, part of that whole package. But I think for us in this program, that's a really hard thing. Uh, accepting um, my creativity, really a hard thing, and accepting that it's okay that it's not perfect. Like I can write a book, even if it's not the best book that's ever been written. I can write a poem, even if it's not the best poem that's ever been written. And that isn't how I used to think. I used to think it had to be the best, or why bother? So, one of the. Uh, one of the biggest things, challenges I have had and am having to accept is who I am becoming, who I am now in recovery, because it's so different than who I was. 
and there's no I've never been this person before and I think I think who we become in recovery is who we were meant to be this is our higher powers will for us it's who we started out as kids to be and we kind of got lost that's I got lost with the disease along the way but to accept now that this is this is who I am uh, one of the things for me is um, being a poet all my life I've wanted to be a poet I was scared I didn't want to reveal myself and I didn't want to be rejected and so I I've been a writer my whole life but not quite the writer I wanted to be like just the kind of writer where you wouldn't see me who see who I was and I knew that that was a part of my recovery but it took 10 years of recovery to be able to start reaching that side and to start actually being a poet and what that means for me is that I have to go to classes read write let other people hear me and I have to let other people see what I'm doing and I have to accept that it is what it is whatever I write it is what it is I would never have been able to 15 years ago write a poem and then read it to the class I just have totally had totally lost that ability because of the disease and some other things but now I get to be what I most want to be and I can't tell you the joy of feeling like you are being who you were meant to be there is nothing like it and I think in my own head I had projected to when I was going to die and not have done these things like I one thing I always projected is that I would be 400 pounds which I easily could have been and they would I, I imagine this coffin in my head and nobody could carry it because I was so heavy I also saw that I had never been able to be the writer I wanted to be. Like I'd always gotten close but never quite done it. And I was pretty sure that was going to happen because I hadn't written in over 20 years anything really personal. And um, also spiritually, I thought I'm never quite going to be spiritually where I would like to be because I'm scared. I'm scared to go down that path. So because of program, that isn't the case. Because of program, I, I am getting to do the things that are the dearest things my heart's desire. And that goes way beyond the food and the weight. So I, I can't tell you the, the joy of accepting. And it all starts, for me, it, it starts at accepting because I never did anything perfectly. And I don't do anything in the program perfectly. I wrote a little list of things that I accept, just um, so you can see. And I'm sure you have your own lists and it's an interesting exercise so if you want to write a list sometime tonight of the things that you accept in your life I accept uh, there are some food things I accept that I can't keep uh, sweets or junk foods in my house or in my car I haven't done that for a long time I, um, I can't buy birthday cakes for people usually I can't really bake much myself I used to like to bake but I don't really do that much and it's okay I, I don't drink alcohol I'm not an alcoholic, but just the food, and it just sets up a craving for sugar. I can't overbuy groceries. I can't go into a store and buy you know, enormous quantities of groceries, which I used to do because it, it just sets me up for problems. Um, I don't stock huge amounts of food in the house when guests come. I used to do that. I had, oh, what do they want to eat? I'll just you know, and get all the stuff that then I would eat tons of. I don't do that anymore. I don't do uh, big holiday dinners anymore because it's not worth the trouble, but just the psychic, emotional trouble that I go into. Uh, food, I, I don't do diet sodas, caffeine. I'm vegan. I don't do animal products. Uh, very little sugar, and I'm trying to uh, not eat wheat and gluten right now. Those are all steps, though. I didn't do that all at once. This is just kind of where it's come. I don't keep Halloween candy around. Uh, I don't keep a lot of bread in the house. Uh, emotional, some of the emotional things I've accepted, I can't uh, let my li- mind my mind loop and obsess. If my mind is going over and over about I should have said that and this person and then that person will say this and I should have done that, I know that I accept I can't do that. I have to I have to do whatever I can to move on to some other thought. Oh, I can't do too much negativity. I can't be alone too much. I love to be alone, but I can't be alone too much. It's not healthy for me. Uh, I don't get too focused on politics. Just not doesn't doesn't help me. I mean, I, I enjoy politics, but I keep it to a moderate amount. Um, I don't have to understand why I'm friends with some people. 
I just let it be. Just accept that I am. It's okay to cry in front of people. I learned that when I went through a death in program. Um, and one, one sponsor told me, all I have to do is be a woman I respect. And I still remember that because when I'm in my head saying, i got to do this and this and this has got to be perfect and that's got to be perfect, all I have to do is be a woman I respect. And that comes back to me a lot. Uh, spiritually, my acceptance, I accept that my spirituality is different from my parents. I come from a lot of priests and nuns, and they wanted me to be a nun, and for a while I thought I might be a nun, but it wasn't, didn't quite work. Uh, but I am studying to be a shaman, <laughs> and I have talked to my parents. And in the old days, I would never have told them that. And now I just said, this is what I'm doing, and, you know, they're, they're okay with it. And it, if they weren't, that'd be fine, too. But it's an expression. It's non-denominational, but it's an expression of my spirituality. I'm very excited about it. And without program, I would have never been able to, to take that step as part of having conscious contact. I accept some people won't understand my spirituality or won't like it. That's totally fine. Some people will. It's okay to believe what I believe. I accept that spirituality, which for me is a, is a little non-traditional. I accept that it's, it's a big part of my life. And I accept that conscious contact with my higher power is the key to my life and the key to my recovery. And for me, what that means is love. That's, my, that's always my shortcut. In this situation, what does my higher power want me to do? What's my higher power's will for me? What's the loving thing? Loving to me, loving to someone else, whatever that is, that's, that's my conscious contact. And I believe there is no power other than love. So I believe that that is the truth that I accept. One thing I just wanted to say that it, it says in our last, in the AA 12 and 12, at the end of the 11th step. We know that God lovingly watches over us. We know that when we turn to him, all will be well with us here and hereafter. That's one of my favorite things in the book. Not just here, in the hereafter, all will be well. And uh, I accept that. So thanks for letting me share. Okay, uh, an announcement that the silent auction and boutique are going on upstairs in the Scalini room, so stop by. That's always one of the most fun things of the convention. Uh, let's see. Please come back for the next session. And now I think we have questions. Do we have is, – are there any questions in our basket? Oh, we do have questions. Ooh, if you found out about OA earlier in your life, how would you feel? That's a really good question because I was on a fairly remote farm in Minnesota, and we didn't even know about AA, so much less OA. I cannot imagine how I would have felt because I had so much shame about this disease and what was wrong with me, so deep. And to have a group of people tell me this is what you have and we have it too and you're not a bad person or a weak person or a stupid person or a lazy person I really can't imagine that but when I see uh, when I see younger people who come into program at a younger age I think they're very blessed so I can't say how I would have felt but um, I do know that having this disease without support uh, was no fun uh, momentary surrender and acceptance tips of God's will for me is easy. Any tips for a more perpetual acceptance? Um, well, that's an interesting question. For me, the acceptance is part of the 11th step. So for me, it's about the conscious contact with, um, with the universe. And I, accepting in the moment is something that, that comes a little easier. But I do think over time, what example can I give? I'll give this example. My, um, I'm the oldest of eight kids, and my uh, youngest brother died two years ago. Shut suddenly and shockingly, and he was young. 
And because I uh, was in OA, I was able to experience that. I was able to be present for what needed to be done. I was able to uh, go up and get his ashes and take his ashes across the country. I was able to give a eulogy. I was able to experience his spirit in, you know, in my own way. And that was all a gift of program. The only way I was able to give a eulogy is because I've done things like this in program. That's the only experience I've had that prepared me for that. The only, and I was able to do that abstinently. So for me, the perpetual acceptance is about a long-term working of program. And the, uh, in my experience, the longer I work program, the more I am able to be serene and accept. And that, that experience, which was the closest experience with death that I have had so far, was um, really showed me how huge this program is, how this program prepares us for things we can't even imagine way, way beyond just whether we're eating this food or this food or, I mean, it, that, I was, I was very awed by what I had been given in this program at that moment and uh, very, very grateful. So, and, and since I've had sponsees who've lost people, who've had illnesses, I mean, this program is much bigger and the acceptance is much, much bigger. The food is, is our symbol and what we work through but what we get from this program is huge. So. so that's all I have to say about that. Thanks for letting me share. I think we now have three-minute shares. It says, please stick to the topic and stop sharing at the end of three minutes. You must sign the recording release before sharing. So the release is right here, so just sign it, I guess, when you come up. Who would like to share? Anyone? Okay. The pen is right here. You just sign under the, the last name <laughs> up there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I need to say something out loud just to, to let it go so that I can accept it. Is uh, I wasn't paying attention at lunchtime, and I asked for uh, a soda, and I got a regular soda instead of a diet soda. And I drank about a third of it. I like Coke, not Pepsi, I, so I just thought it was you know Diet Pepsi tasting weird. you know. And then I looked at it, and I went, oh, shit. You know, and I threw the rest of it away. And it, I, you know, I've been abstinent from sugar for 25 years. And so this was a really strange thing for me. And I just need to say it out loud. Okay, thanks. Um, I have this 86-year-old mother whose favorite line when things go, you know, in ways she doesn't expect, she says, well, just adjust, <laughs> which cracks me up. And sometimes I just want to slap her. And other times... <laughs> I say thank you, Mama, and you know it always makes me smile. So I just wanted to share just, just. Thank you. Hi, I'm Michelle, compulsive overeater. And um, I would like to say I came in at 21. I, I was one of the people that was uh, very grateful. I am very grateful that I started. It, it's been my whole life. I mean, growing up in OA has just been such a blessing for me. And I am so grateful for that, um, that question that you got. And with that, I am in so much pain that my son, who's 25, is a compulsive overeater. And I have been this amazing example for his entire life. Attraction rather than promotion, and he won't go to a meeting. You know, when he was when he was eleven and overweight, I would drive. I'm from the L.A. area, and I would drive him into Santa Monica to try and find a young people's meeting. And there was always just the lady that was in charge, and nobody but us. And so, I mean, he knows it's here. So this is the acceptance and the surrender. 
you know, this is his life's path. This is his journey, and he needs to go through what he needs to go through. But it pains me every time I see him. He lives up here, and I, you know, I, I just saw him, and I'll see him again in a couple of days. And I see him, and my heart just goes, oh, you know, you know, buying his my needs some jeans, forty two inch waist. It's like, oh, it's killing me. So I need to talk. I, so I'm working on acceptance, and um, I remember when I was doing uh, bar and bat mitzvahs for my kids, and my friends told me the mantra for acceptance is because they used saying something's going to go wrong, everything you know, something will definitely. Oh well, you know that's sort of my thing. Oh well, so that's my acceptance. And I'm grateful we're an anonymous program. I, I just need to say another thing for acceptance. I'm up here with one of my sponsees, who sort of is not. She's got one foot out the door. And she is, you know, God bless her, is currently, I sent her to the agnostic atheist um, meeting because that's what she is. And I'm like so God-centered and so God-based. And I find it very interesting that we were put together. And, you know, I mean, I actually had to rewrite the 12 steps for her. She turns her will and her life over to the care of her higher self. I mean, this whole thing, we're working so hard. And now, like, thank you. So she's got one foot out the door, and again, oh well, surrender, acceptance. She's either going to get it or she's not. But the thing is, it's interesting. In my experience, when I've sponsored someone and they've gone out, the truth is either I've never seen them again, or they come back in worse shape with more weight on them, and then we get to start over. But she has become a friend. And so I'm really, it'll be interesting if she chooses to not walk this path and um, and then I have to watch that destruction because I know that Overeaters Anonymous, I mean, I've told my kids, when I die, I want on my gravestone, you know, mother, wife, blah, 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 and 12-step and member because it's been my life. It is who I am to the very core of my being, and I am so grateful for that. Thank you for letting me share. Um, I'm Katie, and I'm a compulsive overeater. So I recently came to OA after um, my mom and I were talking it over, and originally I had seen an ad for this on the Muni when I was coming home from school one day. And so my mom was like, hey, you know I found out about this program. And and I'm like, is it by any chance Overeaters Anonymous? Because I just saw an ad for that on the bus. And so here I am, um, this is going to be my third week in, and I still haven't accepted the fact that I am a compulsive overeater. I don't think I will ever accept, I, I mean, I think I will accept it in due time, but even when it was like hit on, even when like, when I was a kid, when the other, other kids would call me fat, because I was always like fatter than the rest of them, I would never accept it. I'm always in this huge state of denial and I'll always be like, oh, I'm not a compulsive overeater, I can stop, or I'm not obese, I can lose weight, or I'm not, over- I'm not fat, I'm perfectly fine the way I am. But then in the end, I just make myself even more depressed when it just hits me and, think- and then I realize that I actually am and I'm just lying to myself. So luckily, since I've been going to a lot of meetings and since this is like my first convention, it's really great to just hear other people talking and just seeing how they have like all the strength they had to start their programs and like continue this for long periods of time. And I just want to be successful like that. I want to be the kind of person I wasn't when I was a kid. I want to be the kind of person who is able to live their life without having to worry about having knee injuries when they're older because they're they can't like they're overweight too much, or the kind of person who can actually catch up with their friends when they go out running, or the person who doesn't have to worry about what to eat for dinner the next day. I just want to be the kind of person who's happy and healthy.
Hi, I'm Trish, compulsive overeater. Hi, Trish. I so don't want to be here. I did. I'm a fast signer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was awesome. Thank you for your topic. Um, so I um, I've lost a hundred pounds three times. Uh, the last time was in OA, and that was a number of years ago. I was out of the program for a bunch of years. I'm back, um, nine months abstinent. I have a sponsor. Um, but here's the thing. I, I still have trouble accepting that I belong here. You know, I, I get I'm a compulsive overeater. Like, I get that. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a compulsive overeater. I can witness myself you know, finishing a whole meal and then wanting more food, right? And, and, and where I am right now in my program, I, I don't, you know, and then, but just, just seeing it still there and always there, and I get it. I'm a compulsive overeater, but I, I feel like what went wrong the last time, if there's like a wrong and, you know, whatever, I have my path, I have my higher power, apparently I was supposed to do this and that and be here now, is that I did not, um, I did not embrace the fellowship. There's no part of this that I want. I don't want to know you. I don't want to be friends. I don't want to ask for help, right? And, and what I know is that I have to. I have to be here. I don't want to be. I really, really, really am uncomfortable today and here and to do this and be in a public place, and I don't want it. And so so you said, right, acceptance doesn't mean that I don't have to act, so I thought I would get up and say that out loud to you people who I don't know and I don't want to know either. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe there'll be some sort of shift and I you know get it. And It's just... I. I have so much judgment. I have so much judgment. I have so much judgment and so much shame and so much fear. And I'm, I'm sitting over there and I'm judging the bow, right? <laughs> I'm judging the bow that's on this pedestal. And I'm thinking, oh, that is so dorky. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, somebody made this beautiful bow and why can't, you know, and it's like red, white, and blue and it's independence. What's my fuck? Excuse me. What's my problem? Is uh, you know I am so not um, think. Is it, does that mean I'm done? No, God, I want to be done too. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like the thing that I don't have is humility. I don't have humility. I I need it. I I feel like I need that to happen before I will find the miracle. And um, I I can only ask God for it. I don't have it. Um, I don't want to be here. Thanks. Hi, my name is Stacey. I'm a compulsive eater and a food addict. Hi, and um, I'm really grateful to be at the convention today. I've been in program and abstinent for two and a half years, and this is my first convention, so I'm grateful that they have a convention and there is an OA and an OA how. Um, And what resonated with me is the concept of surrender and submission. Uh, To surrender... And to submit is not the same thing. And before I walked into program, I thought they were synonymous. And they're not. Surrender is your choice. Submit is a choice that is enacted upon you. And when I walked through the doors of my first meeting, and I heard my story through other people's voices, and I cried because for the first time, there was a name for what I had. I wasn't just crazy I am crazy, but I'm also a compulsive eater and a food addict, and I qualify that way because I'll even abuse abstinent food if given the opportunity. So I was at a life or death place where 
if I didn't stop what I was doing, I was going to kill myself and lose my husband and my, my son and my life. And so that made it easy for me. And I put my head down and I found a sponsor and I was abstinent on a food plan on Monday. And I've been abstinent since. And I have been blessed with back-to-back abstinence, but the surrender was also for emotional abstinence through the program and working the steps and doing my amends and doing my fourth step and really getting to the root of what made me eat in the first place. Because the food isn't really the issue. The food is the symptom. It's what's driving me to eat that I need to fix. And I didn't realize that I was many things. I was dishonest. I never thought that about myself. I was manipulative, and I was a gutter addict with food, with sugar, with alcohol, with anything. Um, I hit it really, really well. But through surrendering to my higher power, which I call God, and that was a journey too, which I do not have time to discuss, um, I realized that there is hope for a better life. There is hope from freedom from the compulsion to eat. There is hope for peace in your mind, to be able to sleep at night, to be able to stop yourself from hurting yourself and from other people, there is hope. And that hope is in the fellowship and in the steps and working and realizing that we all do have some things in common. And one of those is that we have the desire to be better. So thank you. Hi, I'm Polly. I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, I'm 17 years in the program. I don't want to be here either. You know, I I, I, I don't want to be friends with anybody in the room either. (laughs) You know, and that just happens sometimes. I don't know why the hell it happens. I I don't know why. I think it's because um, in my disease, I have to accept the fact that I um, get rebellious. I just get into a sickening state of rebellion. And then I don't want to submit or surrender or do anything else, you know, and that my um, my background or constitution or upbringing or whatever, you name it, is such that I will fight to the death, <laughs> you know, uh, even against something that I know is the only thing that works for me, you know, so... I, I mean, I know today, like, I mean, I was in a meeting I didn't want to be in, and I heard a voice I didn't want to hear say, how about going to the convention this weekend? <laughs> so that's why I'm here, <laughs> you know, because I know enough today to go, okay, well, I can just accept the fact that that's the voice of my higher power, and I can, uh, I can show up because um, this is it. This is the last house on the block for me. You know, I mean, this is the one that works, uh, and um, and surrender is a process, and it's a process that, in my experience, happens over and over and over again. Um, and then suddenly, something really profound changes, and I don't have to ever surrender to it again. You know, and then comes the next thing. So. Um, you know, that's what I know about surrender today. And I know about acceptance today is I can be pissed off and I can be rebellious and I can be sick of everybody, me too, including me, <laughs> and, um, and still uh, accept the fact that I need the program. So that's how it is for me. Thanks. Danielle, compulsive overeater. Hi. So uh, I just arrived, but I had uh, been visiting with a friend uh, in Napa, and I wanted to. This was the first meeting I wanted to make, and some things happened, and I had to accept the fact that I was not going to make the first meeting I wanted to make. 
And um, I've just been thinking a lot about this topic of acceptance lately because life forces you to. I mean, there's so many things that I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to just, this program helps me say, like, well, I don't, whether I know, whether I think I know or I think I don't know, I have no control over another person's decisions and actions anyway, so I just have to constantly remind myself. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with like a really, which I'm sure everyone thinks they have like the worst, most strong ego ever, but of course I think I have that too. Um, and just for instance, last night we were walking and I had this idea that two blocks down the road there was a, a little art gallery and I said, why don't we, because we were having trouble finding space to fill the time before the fireworks, why don't we go down there? And my friend seemed somewhat insistent to to not do that and and it's like a personal assault on my ego to like you don't want to do what my perfectly logical idea is um and i had to again just be i finally just was like is it, okay we'll go this way and it's just a a practice it's just a practice of every moment and every day and every situation uh accepting that people, you know, don't act the way I want them to, don't agree with me, that I am not as far along in this program as I expect myself to be, that there is still hope. And um, I'm glad I got to make the tail end of the meeting. And um, thank you for letting me share. All right. Thank you to everyone who shared. If there's something you can't accept... Act as if you accept it. <laughs> it really works for me. Now time to close the session. Uh, let's thank all who have done service for this session. Please stand and join hands as we close with the serenity prayer. <clears throat>